There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Rarely going where no one has gone before. Welcome to the Captain's Chair, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Chief Engineer Steve, and joining me on this mission into the unknown is... Sean Fangirl S. beaming in again. <laughs> and I'm Red Shirt Dave, and today we'll be discussing Episode 9 of Star Trek Lower Decks. Dun, dun, uh, duh. Yeah, crisis point. I think I had myself in a crisis point. Uh, a short squib for the episode is Mariner repurposes Boimler's holodeck program to cast herself as the villain in a Lower Deck-style movie. Wow, I guess she did. Yeah? Yeah, yeah that was a little <laughs> over the top. <laughs> yeah, even I had discussed before that they're willing to go dark. And they tried to wrap it up in the end, make it look like, hey, man, later, skater, and all this stuff. It didn't work for me. I don't think they rebuilt it enough. They spent too much time with her being pretty much pathologically psychotic (laughs) and murderous. She needs to go back to therapy. I don't know. (laughs) Get that over like that. Okay. Yeah, I get it. It's just a cartoon show, but wow, she's dark. That all was located in her psyche. Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) She's going to stab her mother. That was insane when they were running through the whole thing. And to be honest, a little twist that we got with her fighting herself. Yeah. I was like, wait, is she actually not the villain? And she like is portraying herself as the hero all of a sudden. I was really starting to question. I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Which one was she actually for just a second? Yeah. (laughs) Well, apparently that was part of Boimler's program and not part of hers. So she's still dark to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, it it took a minute for me to like really process that. But it's a good thing Boimler had some insight. (laughs) He programmed a really good program. That's what it was. (laughs) <laughs> the good Mariner, it's a good thing because I think Dark Mariner was going to go all the way and stab her mother if it wasn't yeah, for Boimler's program. That may have really pushed her over the edge to a place where we wouldn't expect a show like this to go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was getting close. Yeah. So let's jump in. We have a little of a teaser with Mariner liberating the Sealy from the Antikins. I can't talk this morning. Two warring species we first met in the next generations lonely among us so i still like how they keep throwing back to actually connect where i'm sorry but i feel like we didn't get as much connection in the actual shows so maybe that's just me Freeman has to walk back Mariner's violation of the Prime Directive, which, of course, leads to an argument because they're raising these. I can't say people. (laughs) I was about to say people. Yes, they were raising these beings to be food and they were almost kind of sort of okay with it. We are tasty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How would they know? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that kind of worries me. I'm like, wait a second. What? Did they read that in Food and Wine magazine or something? (laughs) 
I mean, Mariner, much like myself, doesn't think that Celie should be the food. And uh, like I said, I think she's right. Yeah, she's right. I mean, sentient food. They're yeah. Sentient, but they're not smart enough to argue for their own survival. <laughs> keep talking about it, the more I'm thinking, maybe I should have a veggie dinner tonight. But uh, no, I think that was probably a little bit of a callback to Discovery. Really? Yeah. With um, I haven't watched Discovery yet, so. Uh, um. Saru's home planet. Oh, now they weren't wait, being eaten, the but they episode. were being sacrificed. Yeah, yeah, it messed up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The more I think about it, really messed up. That should have yeah. prepared me for the rest of the episode, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Freeman can't abide by interfering in a sovereign world's politics. Well, Ooh. not exactly a curtain or card there, but you know, whatever. When Captain Freeman reprimands Mariner, she says things no daughter has ever said to her mother without serious consequences. Yeah. Actually, the more I think about it, I'm like, she could have went further with that. But hey, that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> she could have therapy in the brig. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, of course, repercussions are severe. And, you know, when we get back to the street, of yeah, yeah, to the brig. No. To therapy. Mm-hmm. And it was like that evil sound. Like, you half expect a <laughs> uh, <laughs> like behind it. And Freeman is like, wait, yeah, therapy. And Beckett was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Oh, wait, not Beckett. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like saying the wrong name. Oh, it's really early. Oh, yeah, I prefer Sorry. to call her Mariner, really. I like Yeah, it throws me off. Sorry. <laughs> it's like two last names right now. Of course, she's super ticked and she has to be taken away. And, uh, well, this should stop things, right? Oh, uh, yeah, we'll see how well that works. Yeah. But Freeman comes back with a very tricky solution. Will you stop eating them if we give you food replicators? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Do they do food pellets? Yeah. <laughs> I love how they draw them with, like, the look on their face that I had. She's like, oh, yeah? I know. Oh, there's little things in this that just crack me up, like the reflection in the windows and, and that look that she had. Like, are you serious right now? Yeah. That's the uh, second fast replicator joke we got in a row. Last week was, uh, was the last week? About replicating ice? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nutrient pellets. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I just like, yeah. God, mm. stupid. Was this prevented from replicating the the uh, the lizard people? Right. Uh, <laughs> I know. Well, maybe that's help. what the food pellets are going to taste like. They just won't look like them. Right. Mm. <laughs> I guess it'll look like little lizard gummies. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is really going in a whole weird way for me. <laughs> Back at the Cerrito. Mariner reports to a new member of the Cerritos, Counselor McLevo, who is a bird-like alien that might be from score from the animated episode The Jihad, who constantly uses food metaphors. Okay, I'm a foodie. That was getting on my nerves. Yes. <laughs> Don't be a pineapple. After the therapist challenges Mariner to find an outlet for her rage that you're harboring. She sulks off and joins her friends in the holodeck. Now, not before she totally ruined his little bonsai plan. Oh, yeah. Dumping the table over. Right. And again, the fact that they kept the continuity, which I will tell you, like most people know, doesn't happen in real movies very well. No. (laughs) Because later when they're back in there, you have the little smashed up bonsai tree still. Just replicates another one. (laughs) 
<laughs> smashed up. So just, but while they're waiting, Tendi and Rutherford were shooting skeet with Leonardo da Vinci, which I thought was really funny too. Because I'm like, wait, is this a throwback? Yeah, like I'm trying. Actually, to- it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> now I wish they would have gotten John Reese Davies to voice it, though. That would have made it wow, just really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't have even thought of that. See, you guys are like really like remembering way more of this than I have. I, I watch it. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then it's like, wait, who was what? <laughs> Boiler comes in and interrupts everyone so he can utilize the holodeck to train. Well, what is this training, you may ask? A new advanced diplomacy program. A de-stressingly accurate and privacy-invading replica of the Cerritos crew. Because he's got an interview. It's like, wow, talk about preparing. He's got a little bit of the uh, Mariner arrogance in himself, too. That's okay, we're going to do it my way. He He doesn't have... Her uh, confidence, but he, he still can't listen. No. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to love this. I hear him, and all I can picture now is his character from The Boys. So now I put that character like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, okay, Yui. <laughs> Things are certainly popping in that last episode. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Talk about that later, Dave. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's make a movie. So, as Boiler is punching in his program... Evil Mariner starts to creep out and decides that her, her frustration boil over and get the better of her. So she stages a, a takeover of Boiler's program and rewrites it at Crisis Point, The Rise of Vindicta. <laughs> I <laughs> love how she did it so fast. She's like, wait, you just rewrote this? Yeah. <laughs> eh, yeah, a little bit of the eye roll there, but whatever. <laughs> nice and cheesy, though. The best part was the uh, whooshing credit. I love that. Coming in from the background to the foreground. Yeah. If you, do, you know, duck, they, they knock you in the head. <laughs> the musical score was awesome too <laughs> now this is something that i noticed a lot of people talking about a lot of my friends who watch this, yeah. like this and then the opening scene they're like this really is like a movie how it's like whooshing in and like the sound effects with it i just thought it was funny it's like wow okay they're going old so they have safeguards on the the deck there the you know just to prevent people from being hurt like the bullets yeah i think he's people. overridden everything yeah. in regards to boy yes so you can get knocked in the head with one ow <laughs> So anyway, her intention was to have Tendi, Rutherford, and Boimler be her, her henchmen in all this. But Boimler, of course, chooses to, to stay with his Cerritos crew because he's such a suck-up. <laughs> <laughs> and in more and Mariner's movie, the, the newly refitted Cerritos is sent on a mission to find a vessel masquerading as a Starfleet ship. And it's complete with a, a long-minute flyover of the Cerritos with Billups breaking down. Now, we've all seen that before. It's, oh, yeah. yeah, that's it's, what everybody was talking about. That and the lens flares that kept happening yeah, in this yeah. moment. I, I like, called it starship porn <laughs> when they're all got the gaze and crying and yeah i uh, know i mean it's funny but <laughs> we've seen it before and i'm like i, I knew they're gonna take it just a little long so everyone starts drumming their fingers like okay <laughs> it was very family guy in that where you have that moment that yeah forever yeah. that goes on just forever but i thought it was funny that they actually like animated lens flares yeah <laughs> It's like, all right, I think at this point, whoever's doing this is like, yeah, do you guys get the point? The ones who are really doing the shows? A little too much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, over the top. So, I think we're off there. What'd she say? Warp me? Warp me? I don't think think she would ever say that. (laughs) She did. Warp me. Well, she's trying to think of something. Did did anybody ever say warp me? No. No, No. I don't think so either. (laughs) This is purely Freeman in the lower decks. That's her 
her keyword now is Wartney. Wartney. Oh, boy. <laughs> so they encounter a pirate named Vindicta, <laughs> which is Mariner herself. She's got the face paint to match, too. And she creates a shampoo. I don't know. Is that a call out to the Three Stooges? Shemp? Yeah. <laughs> a, a dorky <laughs> guy who Mariner eventually phasers on a whim to teach Boimler a lesson for not play acting with her. That's when I started getting suspicious. Like, wow, that guy just evaporated. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Tindy and Rutherford play along, at least for it. But Tindy gets fed up with Mariner stereotyping her as an Orion pirate. Yes. Some Orion's a pirate, but she isn't. She's she's too cute for that. <laughs> and also, it's like Mariner, five years, jeez. Yeah, yeah five years. <laughs> Whole civilizations worth right there. Yeah, and uh, Tendi was getting a look. She said, "This isn't you." And she was getting a little upset with the psychotic behavior, and I guess we discussed before it was getting crazy. Oh, it was. Yeah. Using the Borg drone head to blow up shacks. <laughs> yeah. I did like her uh, multi-shooting phaser. She's oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> like, cool. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen that before either. No. But man, she was like deep frying everybody. Yeah. yeah. Didn't matter. I and, love, I'm sorry, that she shot the first officer and he's like, oh, she got me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like over the top. And yeah. then she shoots again for him to disappear. Just before Boimler gets his answer to what kind of cookies Freeman likes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or what he's allergic to. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of suck-ups of a different type, Rutherford realizes he can say whatever. <laughs> he can say whatever he wants to Billups without consequence. He runs to engineering and immediately tells Billups what, exactly what he thinks of him. That he's awesome. Best boss ever. I was not expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, usually Phillips is like, he's the, the most dickish. Yeah. Although we were just discussing that. We're like, well, this guy's a dick. And here, not anymore. Yeah, apparently he's not, not in this to, movie. Not to Rutherford, at least. Oh, man. The rest of the episode has Rutherford in the hollow Billups. Good one. Bonding for helping save the ship when it crashes, too. Huh. Uh, meanwhile, Boimler keeps quizzing the holodeck creations for hints. Oh, he's so bad. And how to brown those Freeman, for example, like Ransom assures him that making cookies will help as he's dying. Mariner takes out all of her frustrations on the Cerritos in general and Freeman in particular by boarding the ship and phasing everyone in her path including landing that, what was it, like a pod? Yeah. That landed inside the ship and squashed those two people? Yeah. Maybe the guy in the the guy in the right, wasn't that the guy that was like entertaining the crew in the first episodes and he got like squished? Yes. <laughs> the one that was going on too long. When she had it be the officer. Yeah. Like, oh, his one man show. Yeah. I know. That, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, maybe he deserved a little, a little squishing. Mariner has <laughs> <laughs> gone completely overboard and well beyond her previous awful behavior. So much so that it drives Tendi off the holodeck. Arch. I had forgotten all about that. Arch. Yeah. Just say it, walk out. That's cool. Try that in real life, too. Along with <laughs> maybe, maybe we should all try that at one time. And right. maybe 2020 is really just a no. holodeck. <laughs> Yeah. Just saying. And program. Nope. Yeah. There. Arch. 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 Please, Arch. And of course, there's a, a climatic fight between Mariner and the Hollow Freeman. That seems like she was saying Freeman. So almost as, well, it is two syllables. Like, free like she's a Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So weird. It sounded very, like, old. Freeman. No, it sounded, uh, what's the name of the guys with the big ears that all they think about is. Uh, yeah, the Freeman. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, Freeman, yes. <laughs> human, like you, human. Anyway, uh, she has, <laughs> Merida has a fight with a hollow Freeman, which Merida wins because it's her program, but before she can deliver the killing blow by cathartically stabbing her own mother, yikes, the holodeck version of Merida shows up and beams, oh, spoiler alert, <laughs> beams hollow Freeman to safety. In the end, the Cerritos crash lands on the planet, though Rutherford and the hollow Billups are still able to get everyone off. Such a hero. Dun, at least, dun, at least that uh, part was light, lighthearted. You know, because it was getting pretty dark there. Right. Yeah. I loved how Rutherford goes, Oh, it's 
it's a movie. You can do all sorts of kind of beaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, then, and Hollow Billup is okay with it. Cool. Yeah. Oh, we should <laughs> run off together. Get our I own know. ship. I thought I was getting a little homoerotic there. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> One more step and we're like, here we go. <laughs> they didn't go that far with those two. Anyway, Mariner and Hollow Mariner fight to a standoff. Or good Mariner. You know each other's moves. I, I do love the kicks. Yes. <laughs> the kicks are hilarious. But Hollow Mariner has a psychological advantage because she brings up her self-destructive tendency and her, and her self-sabotage and how she actually likes it on the Cerrito but keeps screwing it up. And that Freeman isn't trying to screw with her, that the captain's looking out for her daughter. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> When all this is happening, I'm like, is this the therapy? Did the doc somehow get in there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can only assume that's what, well, I can only assume that that's what Boimler thinks of her. But at one point, Mariner did say, hey, those are my private files. Yeah. I mean, he did say he basically hacked into everybody's yeah. logs. Yeah. Right. So I can't say. What, she put something. Yeah. There was something good about her that was in there that she understands what his mother's doing. So mm, I guess I can take a little scared. A little yeah. bit on this with yeah, the darkness. Right. Yeah. Okay. In the end, Hollow Mariner wins the fight by blowing up the Cerritos, which caused the program to end, and Mariner realized she's been acting like a crazy person. I thought that was funny, though. Yeah. yeah. Stalling you until the self destruct. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Crap! <laughs> I should know this. She, uh, she, Tendy, and Rutherford go to the bar to relax. Thank God I was only going to go to the bar and relax, too. <laughs> Mariner apologizes to Tandy. And also nice to Freeman, which confuses and annoys Freeman, thinking it's another of Mariner's tricks. Sends her into therapy. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. I know. She's uh, into something. What's going on? What's she up to? Spotting it. <laughs> <laughs> so Boimler returns to the holodeck and resumes the program, hoping to get the last bit of info he needs for his interview. Program resumes and in the middle of an eulogy being given by Freeman about her daughter Mariner. And she reveals that Mariner was her daughter and that she was privileged to be her mother. And of Finally. course, this just shocks the hell out of Boimler. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So obviously he did this. not read everything. No. Yeah. Yeah. His program did not get that deep into the deep dark secrets. <laughs> now Freeman continues that they kept their relationship secret and that any Anyone who would have found out likely would have faced a court-martial and <laughs> expulsion from Starfleet. That's going a little deep and dark yourself. Yeah. I'm sure you don't have the power to do that. Right. <laughs> so, Boimler, of course, is taken aback by this so much and ends the program as Mariner, Tendy, and Rutherford stop by to invite him to join them at the Warp Core. <laughs> More porn. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mariner sees that he's very flustered, but he says everything is all right. Mariner then wishes him luck with his interview, and three of them walk off. Now, in Freeman's ready room, Boimler begins his interview. Yeah, great. Great, Boimler. Yeah, she asked. Oh, my gosh. This was so painful. This was like that moment in Swingers when he kept calling and kept calling. Yeah. It was just painful to watch. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he should have done a practice one. Yes. And <laughs> just before that, well, I don't know why he didn't think of that. Because she asked where he sees himself negotiating peace in five years. And, of course, he struggles to give an answer. <laughs> Your Freeman. daughter. Yeah. Freeman <laughs> tells her to relax. And the first thing that comes out comes to his mind is the blurred out mariner's name <laughs> see i feel like that could have been really easy to cover up had he not been like falling over his own thoughts right there yes oh, like, absolutely she's probably gonna screw something up in five years yeah 
<laughs> like there was a wow. way for him to get out, but yeah. Of course, he so makes much. it worse by first mentioning how hot she is, and then <laughs> how nasty she is. <laughs> oh man, hot and nasty. And wow, he, way more. Yeah, he runs out of the ready room, shrieking in fear. <laughs> Freeman Ooh. looks at her pad, notes that Boimler obviously didn't prepare for the interview. <laughs> Should have. Yeah, he was trying. <laughs> and on the holodeck, Mariner's movie reaches the closing scene with Vindica rising out of the casing of a photon torpedo yeah. vowing revenge. <laughs> However, she's immediately shot by Leonardo da Vinci, who winks to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> on da Vinci's watch. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Awesome. That was good. And the closing credits start with the signatures of Mariner Boimler, Tendy, and Rutherford being written on screen. Talk about old school. Yeah. I just saw that movie yep. recently when he did that. Oh, really? Yep. Incidentally. I, and I, of course, I stick around to watch it because I want to see everyone's signature. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> course it's not really but to me it is I'm like wow so that's how we write it was really cool at the time yeah at the time right because they, we weren't all going to cons and getting their autographs and everything else so it's like wow uh, that's so awesome yeah, yeah no i thought it was cool last week too <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, people. I got some Easter eggs for you, some boomer talk. And, 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 oh yeah, top five jokes. And, 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 I'll say it again, a special guest. Yes, a special guest. Uh-oh. Hey. Yes, right. You better say, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we were just talking about Leonardo da Vinci. So we get holographic Leonardo da Vinci, which was used by Voyager's Captain Janeway to advise her, along with providing a haven of time for during stress and all that, stressful times. I'd almost completely forgot about that when I first watched the episode. Like, what are we doing with da Vinci? Although I thought it was pretty funny. Right. But I forgot about Janeway. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, another Easter egg. Hey, we got the second appearance of the Douglas Station. It was also in the episode Second Contact this season. And uh, we got a Easter egg drop for Toby the Tar. It's the lead character and ostensibly the writer of the series of educational hall programs for children. In 2378, Toby the Tark program was the most successful children's title of publishers Brought and Forrester, which was on Voyager Author Author. Okay, stuffed animal versions, anyone? <laughs> we had stuffed animal versions of the character were also produced. In 2376, Tom Paris told Seven of Nine that Bianca Torres would often take her Toby the Tark plush toy with her as if she was leaving the starship USS Voyager for longer than a day. And that was the episode Tunscate. No, I didn't pronounce that. Got that, Steve? Yeah. Tsunkatsi? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. I'll try it 10 more times and you can edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a flyby of the bridge crew did uh, done with the Cerritos and similar to the flyby that James G. Kirk and Montgomery do with the USS Enterprise in Star Trek, the motion picture. Oh, man, did that get lampooned. Yes. I, I even think that made it on Saturday Night Live and everyone's like, oh, my God, you end this already. <laughs> <laughs> the lens flare. We got lens flares. Take that, JJ. The ship breaking frame and all sorts of beaming stuff from Star Trek and Star Trek into darkness. Yep. Take that, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> And as we just spoke of, the signatures of the participants of the program appearing at the end, similar to the signatures of the cast of Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Haha, take that Hamlet appearing at the end of that film. Yeah, we got a lot of, uh, got a lot of Hamlet in The Undiscovered Country. That's when, what's his name? Christopher, 
trying to think of the actor's name. He was in uh, Sound of Music. Christopher Plummer. Yes. With his eye patch. General Chang. A general nuisance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He, that was over, over the top. Speaking of over the top, I don't, who, I, I'll have to look back at who uh, directed that episode, but holy smokes. So, and we get onto the photon tube in the middle of the forest. It's similar to Spock's burial tubes that soft landed on a Genesis at the end of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Speaking of buzz, after that movie, everyone goes, they killed Spock. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> did you remember the first time you saw that and they killed, did they just kill Spock? Yes. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, and it was took forever to find out I, that I know. He <laughs> like, finally... It was very stressful at the time. Yeah, it was very stressful. The crash landing of the Cerritos resembles that of the Enterprise D in Star Trek Generations and the Enterprise in Star Trek Beyond. Poor saucer. Yeah, saucer said, "There goes the saucer again." I think it take a beating. And Mariner was quoting the Tempest as Vindicta is similar to General Chang, as Steve mentioned, frequently quoting Shakespeare in Star Trek Six and Discover Country, and Can Noonien sing quoting Moby Dick in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Yes, from Hell Harp, I stab at thee. Yes. <laughs> the warp effect title sequence of the simulation resembles that of Star Trek The Next Generation, the fifth season. And let's see, Mariner compares Boimler's role to, to her movie to Zahn, noting that his roles likely wouldn't make the final cut. The character of Zahn was originally played, was supposed to have a significant role in the canceled project Star Trek Phase Two, but did not survive the transport to Star Trek The Motion Picture. Zahn was eventually referenced in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Good Zahn talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all that uh, Shakespearean talk and The Tempest got me excited. Well, so a little boomer talk. The Tempest uh, was supposed to be like the template for a forbidden planet. Right. And I have a special guest with me. What do you have to say to yourself, special guest? Welcome to Al Moore, gentlemen. I have to transport you to the residence. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, of course I have a Robbie the Robot here on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can really, you can hashtag me facepalm. <laughs> In The Tempest, I forget the name of the lead character. He had a spirit or an evil spirit that acted out his will. And that was pretty much what went on in the, uh, the Walter Pigeon. He was the supposedly evil character in Forbidden Planet. And he had a, his own evil spirit that acted out on his whims, too. So check it out if you could ever see Forbidden Planet. It's For awesome. I am monitored to respond to the name Robbie. <laughs> That's pretty much the limit of his uh, <laughs> vocabulary, too. So, who wants to get into joke? Oh, I can't wait to hear I'm what scared. you got this week. <laughs> well, uh, number five joke is the ship porn. <laughs> it's the extended love look at the ship. That was a little over the top, but it was funny. I mean, it's still funny. And number four was the awesome movie titles that would bang into your head if you didn't yeah. duck. <laughs> number three was the shooting Da Vinci, I call it, that, that shot the Vindicta yeah. <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Not on my watch. Yep. God. Number two was, uh, yeah, let me see. Shooting, oh, no, number three. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Number three was shooting with Da Vinci to start it out. Number two was uh, Da Vinci shooting. <laughs> Dark Mariner or Vindicta. There, I got it right. Okay, and the number one joke I am calling shuttle penetration. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the end of the, the uh, Starship porn. Well, right at the end where they climax the scene with all the music and it shows the shuttle going into the... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, <laughs> the best. <laughs> I'm not gonna say rear end. <laughs> oh well, never mind. Oh my god, <laughs> back part. <laughs> yeah, into the shuttle bay. <laughs> yeah, into the shuttle bay. That's what I would say. <laughs> 
Oh, boy, Steve, you're going to have a lot of editing to do this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I say it stays in, but yeah. wait, wait, yeah. whoa. <laughs> Crazy. You know, that was done on a, a what was the movie? It was with, uh, it was Alfred Hitchcock, where I think it was Cary Grant at the end. He picks up the uh, co-star, and they're on a train together, and he throws her into the bunk, and then he's just about to climb in with her, and then, but the last scene is the train going into a tunnel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. ways of implying things. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. A whole lot of that here. No and dinner for me. We, as usual, we have some feedback from our friend Fred from the Netherlands. So let's see what Fred has to say. Hello, Steve and Dave. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Star Trek Lower Decks Season 1, Episode 9. I don't need therapy. Okay, that was all for now. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. He's going to need therapy after hearing uh, my take on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> you went there? What? Oh, well, Fred, that was short and sweet. But yeah, definitely, therapy has many forms. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was just a hollow Fred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah part of the program. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Fred. Yes, I think there might be a lot of therapy needed after this, even <laughs> reluctantly. Yeah. yeah, I'm going. I guess I'm going back myself. Yeah, apparently I have, I have some issues unresolved. <laughs> <laughs> As always, Fred, we appreciate your feedback and looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the season finale next week. Oh, I can't believe it's the season finale, though. I know. Wow, that sucks. Yes. But <laughs> if you have thoughts on how much that sucks as well or how great everything is, let us know. You can go to www.fangirlzone.com, click the contact link, and it'll tell you all the various ways you can contact us through emails and social media to tweet along. Well, even though this isn't exactly live and set time, but to tweet at Steve and Dave, you can go to at Steve or at the real underscore ID underscore Dave <laughs> because they will be watching this probably way more timely than me. But if you want to tweet at me, you can always do that at Jetta528. Well, please review and rate us on iTunes and every other platform you might be listening to us on as good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us as there are a lot of Lower Deck podcasts out there. Tell your friends and we do hope you're enjoying our podcast and don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcast. The 10th episode is October 8th and is titled Dark Trek Beyond Penetration. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> we don't know what it is. No. Oh, that's God. My, I that's... thought that was for real for a second. <laughs> so remember. Get <laughs> me out of here. This is Chief Engineer Steve. If this was actually happening, they'd send the Enterprise. But, you know, artistic license. I have a song for this. <laughs> I think it starts with, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> See you in therapy. <laughs> <laughs>